Um, a question from Jeremy Hinton of Cold Spotters in Kentucky. Um, he heard and believed that Bigfoot bury their dead like Native Americans do. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts on that? Fact or um, fiction? Well, I've actually got a big interest in the whole Bigfoot phenomenon and um, mm -hmm. written a couple of books on the subject and uh, been on various expeditions um over the the years and um and you know there's a lot of weird stuff in relation to um bigfoot i mean um a lot of people in the field of cryptozoology uh, which is kind of like the like a lofty title for what i just like to call monster hunters i'd rather <laughs> be called a mon i'd rather be called a monster hunter than a cryptozoologist you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, um, I just, I just like, why don't you call it what it is, dude? You know, that's what we do. I'll be PC, apparently. Yeah, I don't either, but. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff about the Bigfoot phenomenon where people claim to have seen these creatures in front of them and they've sort of vanished in a flash of an eye. Um, you know, people have been driving down the street late at night, and you know, again, it sort of literally dis uh, you know disappears in front of them. A lot of reports of strange lights in the sky seen at the same location at time uh, that Bigfoot has been seen, and um, and even people claim to have been sort of received almost like telepathic messages from these creatures. So, you know, if you put all these weird aspects to the the phenomenon which i do but a lot of cryptozoologists do kind of avoid that side of it but for me i think there's much more to bigfoot than than meets the eye i don't think it's these creatures are just a north american equivalent of a like an african gorilla i don't think that's what they they are i think there's something paranormal connected to them but uh, and that may explain um the you know in relation to the the question was it jeremy yes mm -hmm. yes yeah, it was yeah i think mm -hmm. yeah i mean i mean jeremy's question's an important one because mm -hmm. you know these creatures are like seven to eight feet tall and we can't find one of them you know right. mm -hmm. there's something right. wrong somewhere and and that may relate to you know the idea of burying the bodies but also you know some researchers think they could sort of uh, flit in and out of our reality in what the, the concept of what are known as wormholes you mm -hmm. know the idea that these things are not sort of um you know just animals um well i shouldn't really say just animals you know animals are highly intelligent as well but, right. um, but what i mean is that um you know they may be highly advanced even more than us and maybe mm -hmm. the reason why they elusive um you know they're so elusive and we never catch one ever and we should do considering you know the amount of people in the u.s and these things are like eight feet tall we should have at least one you know the fact that we don't yes. tells us that um you know either bodies like jeremy said could be buried which isn't impossible um, mm -hmm. but i also think there could be something you know the the idea of these creatures based on some of the stories of um of these things zipping in and out of our reality to a very different reality if you like mm -hmm. well, interdimensional travelers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So this brings up the question then, if it seems that um, Bigfoot does have these abilities, it makes me think they're actually aliens. So why wouldn't the monster hunters be applying some, you know, ufology type, let's find the little green men stuff to looking for Bigfoot? Like, but they are. Well, I mean, I mean, I just watch the shows on this stuff and I just well, see yeah. them making, you know, the gorilla sounds, the hollers, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and picking up some scat on the, you know, but wouldn't there be some sort of energy imprint that's different around a Bigfoot then if it has abilities like that? Well, I mean, it's difficult to say because, you know, we've never sort of caught one of these things. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got pictures, we've got footage. Um and that's really, and we've got testimony, which is all important. But on the other hand, you know, I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, there's like roughly, I think, around about 330 million people in the U.S., something mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, if if Bigfoot was like the size of a mouse, I can understand why we would never find mm -hmm. them, you know, if they mm -hmm. were able to hide in the woods. But we're talking about them being seen in every state apart from Hawaii, all over the place, um, but uh, we can't find them, we can't catch them. They have this odd, weird ability to elude us and, and be gone in, in a moment. You know, um, what are the chances of any other animal at a height of seven to eight feet tall all across the country, never get hit by cars or a truck, um, mm -hmm. never die at the edge of the road or in the woods and get mm -hmm. found? You know, no other animals, uh, you know, most people don't see like a mountain lion right in front of them ever. Most people mm -hmm. don't. Most people don't see like a black jaguar or whatever um, or a grizzly bear. But, you, but people do. Mm -hmm. And they do sometimes, unfortunately, get hit by vehicles or get shot by hunters. Um, but um, that doesn't happen with Bigfoot. Bigfoot eludes us every time. Of it on every occasion, and mm -hmm. there's something about that that is impossible when it comes. You know, the idea of not catching one, getting one—it's—it's mm -hmm. it's just not feasible. So there has to be something, from my mind, that um, makes it far beyond just mm -hmm. a, you know an equivalent of a gorilla. However, for for whatever reason, a lot of cryptozoologists don't like to import the sort of um, paranormal into it mm -hmm. i don't understand why they have an issue with it i mean i would just i just want to know the answers i don't care if they are mm -hmm. just unknown apes or they're mm -hmm. something paranormal or something extraterrestrial i just want to know um you know <laughs> yeah we do have a comment um from chandler in the comments i don't know wendy if you want to take it because i flap my gums a lot this episode Oh, um, let me let me get to that part. Um, all right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, Scott, um, people claim to receive telepathic messages. Would it be possible that they have similar methods that just block them from being perceived? Like a cloaking or telepathy, telepathic right. ability to, mm -hmm. to uh, or, cancel themselves out of your senses bend the lights around them so you can't actually see them somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Or make a blind, yep. blind spot in your brain, I mean, if they're sending telepathic right. messages. Right. Professor X has done it in the X-Men. Well, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, there are some stories where people have seen Bigfoot creatures vanish in front of them, and um, some people have seen them kind of like in you know the Predator movies, where you've got mm -hmm. like this um, shimmering, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of blend mm -hmm. into the background, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, but what you know, any aspect along those lines, it only needs one of these weird aspects to to demonstrate they're not just apes, you know. Right. Um, so, um, um, so I, th I, I, you know, I'm one of these people who, um, you know, monster hunting is one of my, you know, cryptozoology is one of my biggest sort mm -hmm. of um, thing I enjoy doing. You know, I, I mm -hmm. like going out on road mm -hmm. on road trips and things like that, and you know, expeditions. Um, but a lot of my friends in the field, you know, we're all good friends, but we we disagree. You know, um, I think they're not just flesh and blood animals. I think, like the Dogman and things mm -hmm. like that, and Mothman. To me, they're clearly extraterrestrial, paranormal, supernatural, occult. Um, mm -hmm. But then they're everything but um, just unknown animals. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Um, I, I don't know exactly what they are, but... Yeah, they're not of this world particularly. And I think people fear it, so they need them to be something they can explain away as animalistic or or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Those are my thoughts. And there's also a crossover. You know, as I said, um, sometimes you see UFOs and straight light, strange lights in the sky where, mm -hmm. and at the same time, Bigfoot creatures have been seen. Um, another weird angle like for example at Loch Ness you know another strange creature um, at Loch Ness you know there's been sightings of UFOs um, uh -huh. there've been um, yeah I mean you know you've got UFO sightings at Loch Ness um, there's been at least three cases of men in black encounters at Loch Ness and um, Alistair Crowley the famous occultist um, he had a house um, overlooking Loch Ness called Beleskin House for a number of years uh, before he left. And um, and so you've got the paranormal, you've got the occult, and mm -hmm. a lot of weird stuff at Loch Ness, where you just happen to have these the stories of these weird so-called Nessies, you know, the Loch Ness monsters. So, um, again, I kind of think, put like the, the Nessie story, the Loch Ness monster story, I place that into, you know, kind of like a paranormal type situation as well but uh, you know some of my friends listening right now are probably rolling their eyes and uh, <laughs> nick's on one of his paranormal rants you know <laughs> but, but remember but but you draw the line at ghosts it. nick i know you draw the line at ghosts <laughs> well it's, not, <laughs> it's actually not that i draw the line but as we probably discussed this before, but for yeah. people who haven't, it's not so much I I draw the line at ghosts. For whatever reason, I'm just not really interested in ghosts. Yeah, and it. Houses. <laughs> it don't do anything for me, you know. And um, but for other people, you know, I can't, do, you know, they're no interest in UFOs, but they're really, <laughs> you know, cool about haunted houses. But uh, yeah, I just don't yeah. really have much of an interest in ghosts for some reason so um i'll let people who are interested to to deal with that i mean i mean what's better you know sort of investigating um you know clanking chains and ghosts or 
or hanging out investigating Marilyn Monroe, you know. I mean, it's, it's right. not a, a hard thing for me to make a decision, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay with Marilyn, you know. <laughs> I'm just like, what? There was a horrible slaughter in this house? Oh, my goodness. Let me get the EMF meter. <laughs> I do love some dark history, let me tell you. <laughs> Go ahead, Wendy. Looked like you had a Lost question. it. I did. Oh. I did. It's okay. Well, so, well, so, Nick, since we're, we're in the cryptozoology part of it, just so you know, I will say, though, the longer I've been doing ghost hunting, actually, when it comes to crossover, I'm really starting to get into cryptozoology. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm really getting into monsters now. And I think it's because I think that it's it seems more concrete than ghost stuff, like when you get evidence and how you look for the critters. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, to some degree, you know, there are crossovers. There's no doubt about that, whether some people you know, deny it or not. Um, and and as I said, you know, with, I mean, you could make a case that a lot of these things, if not all of them, um, are interconnected. I mean, John Keel, you know, most famous for the Mothman Prophecies book, um, Keel came to believe that all of these weird phenomena were somehow interconnected, um, whether it was, you know, sort of life after death, um cryptozoology, ufology, you know, the occult. He believed that somehow it was all tapped together somehow. And um, for whatever reason, you know, we still haven't resolved it. But, um, you know, I mean, and, and Keel actually did have some genuinely interesting theories and concepts, whether you bought into them or not. You know, he, he did make some cases, good cases, as to why we can never catch them why they seem to be seen in the same places, but they're completely different creatures. You know, kind of like having Alistair Crowley at Loch Ness and this monster at Loch Ness, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you know, there's, for some reason, I just don't get it why a lot of people in these um, the respective fields, you know, get really kind of defensive about all this. It's like, it's like chill out. It's a... All we talk about is a monster. We're not talking about, you know, worrying about World War Three or whatever. I mean, it's... Right. <laughs> theories. We're talking mm -hmm. theories, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. But yeah, I mean, I think most people do find, though, when you get into this, you know, you think, you know, you get into it maybe with UFOs, and then you kind of expand into this and then into that. And before you know it, you realize that you are caught in kind of like a situation which is combined of multiple different mysteries. Um, but like I said, I've never understood that the vehemence of, you know, sort of, um, of people saying that Bigfoot just has to be an ape. Well, no, he doesn't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anything. Exactly. You know, barely barely scratch the surface really uh, yeah until we till we get one or at least some dna well if they uh -huh. have dna right well that's sure. the thing but uh -huh. we should have it by now you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean with all the sightings the areas you think you'd get a tuft of fur caught and on a twig. the most important thing of all the fact they're like eight feet 
towering oh. monsters. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Why I, yeah. I mean, they're not sneaking up on you. <laughs> no, but they are. But yet, yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, yet they are. Yet they mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Um, so just on the subject of cryptozoology, because Nick, I see you have an, another book coming out in September, so we'll have to get a tease for that one. But mm-hmm. do you have any other plans for cryptozoology? I'm just going through, I'm just going through your portfolio of books here. And we Monster have what's that? Monster hunting, mister. Yeah, monster hunting. Um, <laughs> we haven't yeah, had a good monster book since Monsters of the Deep last year. Um, um well, I haven't got any plans directly right now for another cryptozoology book, but I tend to mainly write the cryptozoology books the way I did it, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. a, like in a journal style, in a mm-hmm. diary uh, journal. Um, the reason why I do that, because, you know, I, I think people like to sort of follow the story like that. I mean, mm-hmm. a perfect example would be my uh, book, Chupacabra Road Trip, which was yeah. based yeah. around all my expeditions around Puerto Rico, um, mm-hmm. looking for the the original Chupacabras on Puerto Rico. And that one's sort of like a cross between, um, you know, like a, a monster hunt and fear and loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> it's sort of like, right. uh, <laughs> it's like a crossover between hunting for monsters and um, and getting utterly wasted on the way, you know, and having a good time. And um, mm-hmm. so that, that's basically what the book's about. But I think people like, you know, that kind of journal approach. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it was a dark and stormy night and we jumped into the, the Jeep and headed off for the chupacabras, the thunder and lightning crashed in the skies. You know, people <laughs> like that that kind of angle, you know, when you're telling the story. And so when I'm writing a cryptozoology book, I mean, I could do them at any time where it's just about, you know, like a story about the creatures, but I much sort of much um, prefer to wait until I've got like a case where I can go on like a a month long expedition or something Mm -hmm. and then do a book on what happened in that four week period, you know, so but I'll do, I will do another because I enjoy going on, you know, the expeditions and things. And um, mm-hmm. so uh, and you can point start out. doing that again a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. It's, it's a lot like the Raiders of the Lost Stars and mm. meet, meet Bigfoot. <laughs> I like to call <laughs> meet Bigfoot. Um. <laughs> but, but I think with Bigfoot, I mean, I'm not sure what... Unless we find one, I'm not sure we can find much more other than just keep collecting mm-hmm. reports. And I mean, and the point comes when you you can only go far with just collecting reports and not getting any answers. You know, it's like with UFOs. It's okay. Somebody spent 50 years and they've got 2,000 reports, but they've got no answers. I mean, have they well, actually achieved anything, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I that's think... with like with Bigfoot. We need, we don't need more and more reports. We need answers. I think we need to step outside the box on the detection type equipment and energy signatures to look beyond what we've already got. Um, I don't think they work on the same wavelength as as a 
as a mail meter or a, or something that Jake might like to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't <laughs> think that that they've quite hit upon the correct frequency for them. Yeah, but that's me. What do you think, Nick? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, these are all sort of important things, you know, to sort of address and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, it's like. But again, you know, how many answers have we actually got? And um, sadly, you know, <laughs> we we don't have many um, answers. You know, I mean, I'm, people, some people don't want to say that because it sounds defeat. You know, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they've defeated us. But it's not. You know, it just means you just got to keep pushing until mm-hmm. you get the answers. So. Yep, grind it out. Keep on yep. getting evidence. Because yep. one day someone's going to get the video that shows like the little light flash signature thing and then yeah. Bigfoot's gone. I mean, and they're the like, oh, he teleports. Is, okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the important thing is it only takes one Bigfoot body to prove the whole phenomenon. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need we don't need to, cap, you know, I mean, I would hate it if, you know, somebody found one and proved it existed by killing it. I mean, that yeah. would be... That would yeah. be a typical thing that the human race would do, yep. you know. Oh, they there's a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like somebody goes through the woods, there's a Bigfoot. Oh, my God, shoot it, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, mm, jerky. That's probably what, that probably is what it would take. But, uh, and that's probably what would happen, but that would be the most tragic, stupid, yeah. blundering mm-hmm. thing that the human race would do. So I would hope... That you know that in a in a perfect situation, I would hope that we could, you know, bearing in mind the fact that they could be supernatural, you know, rather mm-hmm. than flesh and blood. But if mm-hmm. if somebody did catch one and and shot it, I would hope they did it with like an anaesthetic, um, clipped off a bunch of hair, hair some blood, um, maybe a you know clipper, fingernail, that kind of thing, have all the DNA. And then just get back to wherever you were. Don't tell anybody else where you found all this, and just let the animal then to wake up, thinking what the hell happened to me, you know. <laughs> and, um, oh, and then let it, let it he or she yeah. go, and we've got all the DNA and everything else, and we can hopefully come together with a a full, complete. Uh, analysis of what it looks like they were, you know, maybe some kind of ape or possibly some sort of early primitive human, like Mm -hmm. similar to like Neanderthal man or Mm Cro-Magnon, that kind of thing. Um, But, you know, like I said, being the good old old, uh, human race, you know, somebody will probably (laughs) blast the thing, um, which would be pathetic, really, you know. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know if that portal's going to open up and then the Bigfoot planet comes through. <laughs> well, it might be like, you know, um, that um, Twilight Zone thing. What was yeah. it? Uh, to, to serve man. You know, that'll be, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. where uh, that that would be like, well, that's your own fault. For yeah. Getting involved and trying to shoot, you know, the mm-hmm. relatives of this Bigfoot. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, the the one thing that I do appreciate, um, and this is more when you hear from, you know, I'll, I'll call it the more normal science cryptozoo. We'll say the cryptozoologists versus the monsters, hunters. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of conservation involved with that. 
side of it, you know, yeah. protect the environment yeah. where these critters should yeah. be. And, and, you know, we can all appreciate that. Um, I do need to ask a question from the chat. Okay. And that is from Brenda Hightower Berger. And she's asking, do you have anything on Skinwalker Ranch? Um, well, I've never actually been on the ranch itself, Brenda. Um, but I have been on a, a number of um, Skinwalker um, uh, road trips and things like that. I did a TV shoot about 10 or 12 years ago um, and went out to um, actually not too far from the ranch itself and also out at Joshua Tree in California, where, and this is why we actually did the filming there, because there have been some reports uh, from some of the Native American people that lived in the area of Joshua Tree at the time. And, um, and so the, the show was basically put together hastily because this was like a, a big news story. And I went out there and, um, and got to speak um, with a lot of um, Native American people who lived out there and um and they um shared some fascinating data and information you know their belief systems of their ability to sort of shape shift and possibly even like we we're talking about with bigfoot you know sort of jumping into different dimensions and um wormholes and that kind of thing but what was intriguing was that a lot of the people I interviewed when, you know, the, the crew was filming, filming while I was, you know, um, interviewing the people, a lot of them would not even say that word, would, would hmm. use the word skinwalker. Um, they felt just by saying it was dangerous. And, um, and I guess more than any other, that was the one creature that all the case I've looked into, um, that the people who'd seen them were really f fearful, you know, in a state right. of fear. Right. You know, a lot of people with Bigfoot, yeah, they were, you know, they were scared or, you know, amazed. But with the skinwalkers, it's always been a state of, like, complete terror and fear and also mm -hmm. a kind of like a, a sense of, um, like, an evilness, you know, mm -hmm. sort of almost kind of you know, sort of sweating out of the creature, you know, and you mm -hmm. could just feel the the terror kind of thing. Um, and um, so that that's probably the, the closest. Um, but a good friend of mine, um, Erica Lukes, um, I see quite often, Erica has done a lot of research into the whole Skinwalker Ranch as well. And at places like the Skinwalker Ranch, actually, you can find them all around the world, you know, they, um, you know, people kind of give them different names, you know, sort of, um, you know, sort of hot spots, things like that. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and all around the world, you can find places where there'll be like a cluster of different mysteries as if, as if there really are sort of portals in different dotted around different parts of the world. Um, the Skinwalker Ranch is one. Uh, where I grew up in central England, a large area of forest called the Cannock Chase, um, that had mm -hmm. and still has a lot of weird, multiple different types of mysteries all in that same area. So, you know, those kind of hotspots, supernatural hotspots are everywhere. And um, But, yeah, the, the Skinwalker Ranch story uh, or the events, you know, is is one of the, the biggest ones, I would say.
thank you for that. So, um, when yeah, do no you problem. have do you have a question? Uh, I I had a, an addendum to Brenda's. Uh, there was a, there was a huge storm up here in Kansas City, uh, a little bit north of it on Friday night, and um, Brenda's nephew, I believe it is, um, filmed and witnessed what was vaguely like that the Elon Musk uh, satellite deal, mm. except they weren't. They were chasing the storm. And they, their their uh, movements were out of sync with anything that the the Musk satellites had been um, mm. said or or recorded doing before. That was uh, and it's uh, Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Um, I saw the video of of the few bites that the that the guy was able to to take, and it was um, it was weird. It was a weird happening. But I know she'd want me to mention that. So I did. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, um, they were moving in right angles and, you know, going in different lines of threes and things. And then after a, just a short distance, they just kind of poofed out of existence. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So either either the nephew was heavily into the moonshine that night or... <laughs> <laughs> but apparently this happens up in this area quite often. So it's... Okay. You know, the the healing waters of Excelsior Springs or who knows. There don't appear to be any major ley lines running through there from what I've been able to ascertain. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> thank you, Brenda, for that story. Thank you, Wendy. For yeah, thank you. Sure. Yeah. sure.